Welcome to the SG Engage podcast, where it's all social good all the time. Sit back and relax as the brightest minds from across the social good community engage with trends, big ideas, and best practices to help you drive impact. Welcome to this episode of the SG Engage podcast. I'm your host, Steve McLaughlin with Blackbaud. Just when you think you've figured out everything about online giving, along comes some new options and some new and innovative ways for donors to support charities. To explore uh, some of these new options, I'm joined by the co-founders of Change, Sonia Nigam and Amar Shah, and they're going to help walk us through uh, some of the new innovations that are out there in online giving. Welcome to the show. Thanks so much for having us. Thanks so much, Steve. Really, really appreciate you having us on here. Yeah. Maybe one place to start is, you know, how are you seeing the online giving landscape changing? What are some ways that it's changing and how can fundraisers and nonprofits make sense of it? Yeah, of course. So, I mean, you know, just colloquially kind of speaking, what we've seen is that the 2020s are a decade of purpose. And, you know, when we look around us, we see our peers giving, we see our brand, like brands giving, we see creators giving, you know, giving is just a, such an essential pillar of the younger generation's life. And what that's kind of going to is increased online giving. It's becoming more popular and more transparent. Just in 2020, we saw that online giving grew 21%. And now online giving is 13% of all funds donated. But this is, you know, becoming a part of people's routine and just how people give. Yeah. And just, you know, double clicking on that routine comment, Amr, I feel like one of the most interesting evolutions around giving today is how it's becoming more experience based. So what Amr and I always say is we say the modern generation likes to give while they scroll. So whether you're, you know, scrolling on Instagram, maybe you're in a video game, you're online shopping, those are the moments where they get excited and they want to give when it's tied to a narrative. So we think it's more and more important for fundraisers and donations to live in these day-to-day routines and not just be isolated, you know, checkout forms hosted on the nonprofits page. That's a good point, Sonia. It's part it's part of the experience, right? Where <laughs> donors are at that particular moment where there's a call to action or an opportunity to give as opposed to maybe outside of their normal routine. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And Amar, maybe one of those areas that you are both seeing some of this change is sort of the the physical world being mirrored online. I think a lot of um, nonprofits, charities, donors are familiar with the ability to give when they're at a physical retailer, right? Or they're at the movie theater and they're asked to round up their purchase at the concession stand to give to a particular charity. That's actually moved to an online option as well. Could you deconstruct that and explain to listeners a bit about how that online shopping experience is being changed uh, for donors as well? Yeah, I mean, like the, the roundups at checkout when you're going to Trader Joe's and, you know, rounding up is such a part of, you know, that shopper's journey. And one of the big things that we see is it's a way for that brand or that company to connect with their customer. Companies are looking to align themselves with their customers' value, and Gen Z and millennials are looking for purpose-driven brands. Almost 9 out of 10 millennials would switch to a brand associated with the cause. 
And, you know, that kind of shows this whole concept of giving Unites people around causes that they like, and they look to those brands to, su- to support their own personal causes. So when we kind of dive into that, we see a lot of these different e-com applications, such as donation rewards, roundups, donation matching. They're all becoming increasingly popular for brands. And, you know, these are kind of table stakes applications for a brand's online presence. They want to talk about it on Instagram. They want to show their shopper at at checkout. And they want to have an impact page where they can learn about the brand, learn about the sustainability angle, learn about what causes they're supporting with their product. And what this kind of results in is that brands learn more about their customers. They learn what causes they're passionate about. They learn what impact motivates them. They learn what platform their customers go to talk about the brand and the impact they're making. And, you know, that, that, that's, a, that's a truly full circle for the brand because they're, they're getting to learn more about their customers. Yeah, and it's absolutely a, a win-win, right? Because yeah. from, the, from the retailer perspective, they get greater insights about what their customers care about and the causes they care about. And at the same mm-hmm. time, their customer, who is also a donor, <laughs> gets the opportunity to know that, hey, this re- this retailer is, is giving me this option to round up or to make a gift as a part of it. And so there's a, there's a mutual benefit there by having that capability because technology is no longer a limiting factor, if you will. Yes, Steve, we actually like to call it a win-win-win because a nonprofit's also winning in, in, in this case, right? There you, you know? go. It's a triple yeah. win. Yeah. <laughs> So I think a lot of people are very familiar with this idea of um, giving as part of a, a retail experience, whether it's a roundup or a checkout. But Sonia, I'm going to shift gears okay. here and let's talk crypto. Yes. <laughs> uh, I understand crypto. You understand crypto. A lot of our listeners still might not quite get it. So could mm-hmm. you help demystify crypto? And then we'll talk about what it means Um, from a giving standpoint. Yeah, definitely. Crypto is something that we are talking about every single day. So uh, we we absolutely love talking about this. So crypto is basically just a new form of currency and it's a digital currency. So there isn't, you know, a dollar bill that's exchanging hands. It's completely online. And the big benefit of cryptocurrency is that it's extra secure because of cryptography. So what that basically just means is, you know, you're less worried about counterfeit bills coming across. That kind of thing can't happen with cryptocurrency. And unlike traditional currencies, the U.S. government isn't vending cryptocurrency. This is something that is what people are saying is decentralized, which basically means it's on blockchain and there isn't, you know, one person who owns this cryptocurrency. It's distributed. So in short, you know, it's just a new way to pay for things and to donate and it's considered more secure and on chain. So some of the really common currencies people talk about are Bitcoin and Ethereum and some other, you know, rising cryptocurrencies that people talk about are called Solana and Flow. And all of these have different pros and cons, but they're effectively just ways to accept funds in different communities that use different currencies. So, Sonia, five years ago, if someone would asked about crypto Mm -hmm. uh, and giving, there would have been a lot of awkward silence and some skepticism. But, you know, if you were asked this question five months ago, it's it's a very different, you know, volume level on the topic. Where are we when it comes to the number of nonprofits who are starting to accept cryptocurrency as a as a way to to give to the charity, but also how are we seeing it in terms of 
um, a donor's interest in using cryptocurrency as a way to give? Yeah, that's a great question. So, you know, anecdotally, every day when we're talking to nonprofits, we're seeing more and more opt into this. So we're, you know, I don't have a, a key number there for you, but we are seeing the interest booming. And as far as people actually giving in crypto, Fidelity actually released a really interesting report recently that kind of broke down charitable giving in terms of traditional investors and crypto investors. And they saw that 45% of people that were holding crypto donated more than $1,000 in the last year compared to the grander pool of all investors, which was at 33%. So, you know, kind of taking that stat, it's just showing that it's a very charitable community of investors. And even when you're on Twitter and you're talking to these communities day in, day out, they're all about their mission and they want to leave a legacy through their work. So it's really, you know, social goods really at the foundation of this ecosystem, which excites us because we think that if the technology part of this can be streamlined, nonprofits can really be a part of the story and really benefit by accepting cryptocurrency. Yeah, and, and part of that growth in using uh, cryptocurrency as a, as a method of, of giving mm -hmm. is partly due to the fact that you know cryptocurrency is an asset like gold or silver mm -hmm. or stocks and bonds, and people have uh, created a significant amount of wealth from yeah. cryptocurrency. And so one of the reasons why they want to give the gift of cryptocurrency is from a tax standpoint to offset some of those off the chart gains um, is, is one of the reasons <laughs> it's driven this, right? Yeah, no, definitely. We've definitely seen that, especially during tax season. You know, you see charitable giving certainly go up. But, you know, as you mentioned that, another kind of cool part about cryptocurrency is just like a stock, and maybe you're accepting that through a DAF and you can sit on that as a nonprofit and watch your donations grow. A lot of nonprofits are actually choosing to accept cryptocurrency and not cash all of it out into, let's say, USD and use it right away, but let it grow with the market. And these donation dollars are actually going a lot further as well. Yeah, that's a great point. I think oftentimes when you know I'm talking with charities and they, and they bring up crypto or it becomes part of the conversation, I, I try to um, you know find what is it, what's the look like, and just like you said, it's just like um, many charities often receive a gift of stock, mm -hmm. and sometimes those charities choose to sell that stock immediately and take the gains, and others choose to hold on to it. It's it can be similar sort of approach can be applied. To crypto as well. Um, and oftentimes when it's explained that way, they're like, oh, okay, well, we do that today. So yeah. you're just saying this is another way to do that. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> okay. So crypto, uh, I think we feel a bit better about that topic. And, and you guys have done a great job sort of explaining that and, and how it's used. The next new area to explore are NFTs. Uh, NFT stands for non-fungible token. Uh, you know, double plus word score for those of you who didn't know what NFT actually stood for. But let's talk <laughs> about NFTs. What is an NFT? And again, how might we see NFTs used in giving going forward? Yeah, most definitely. So an NFT is basically just a un unique form of data that's stored on a blockchain. So just like we were talking before, where things are more secure in this new technology, NFTs are more secure. If you are the owner of an NFT, it's verified, it's legitimate, it's publicly sourceable. And so people can't, you know, they, they always say, right click, copy, paste, take the JPEG. But in reality, only one person can own the NFT. 
And so what that means is in practice, what we're seeing is there's art, there's videos, there's audio. The most you know, under, easily to understand example really is art. So what we're seeing is there will be these NFT collections that are all images of different forms. And you can go out and just buy a copy of the image of your own. And then you can go ahead and resell it. You can save it and keep it. And it might appreciate as an asset. It's really just a new form of growth. And so Behind this NFT, though, is something called a smart contract, which basically means, you know, in the physical world, you get a piece of art and when you sell it, you get to determine the terms of that piece. But with the digital world, there's actually a contract baked into that art piece. So you don't get to choose exactly how the split is. It's baked into it. So if I put out a collection and I say, I want 99% of this to go to the seller and 1% to go to this nonprofit. On the primary sale, I will get 99% of the sale and then the nonprofit will receive 1%. But now the person who bought that from me, let's say it was Ummer, can go ahead and say, hey, Steve, do you want to buy this piece of art I bought from Sonia? And you could say, yeah, definitely. It's an awesome piece of art. Now when Ummer sells it, he gets 99% of the sale and that 1% still goes to charity. Ummer doesn't actually get to choose. I actually want 100% of this. No, the nonprofit is baked into the NFT. And so that's what we think is really magical about this space and forgiving is that you can kind of unlock a whole new channel of ongoing giving because these royalty fees baked in these contracts go on forever. Yeah, I like how you explained that and compared it to almost like the physical art world or where there's physical assets. Again, there's a there's a comparison there that, that charities are often used to dealing with, which is someone may donate uh, a collection that they own to a museum mm-hmm. or something, uh, in which case there's value to it. But in this case, it's a royalty, potentially a royalty stream mm-hmm. associated with it. And I'm curious, Amar, how do you think about this one, it's new, it's emerging, but how can you, you know, maybe give some advice to, to charities who are thinking about how might NFTs become a bigger part of their online strategy uh, going forward? I, I think one of the biggest indicators is just how much giving has already happened via NFTs. So, you know, for example, a popular NFT collection, Board Ape Yacht Club, they've already given upwards of $900,000 to the orangutan outreach. Another, you know, famous project, Belugis, which is run by a 14-year-old artist, has donated almost $250,000 to charity. You know, just in October of 2021, we saw $23 million donated via just NFTs. And that's not even, you know, total cryptocurrency donations. I think the biggest thing for nonprofits is anytime we talk to a nonprofit, they always ask us, you know, how do we keep that donor giving? And, you know, how, how do we make that a recurring donor? But with NFTs, it's in, as Sonia just said, it's in the smart contract. Nonprofits don't really have to worry about how do we keep that donor giving because, you know, it's baked into the smart contract and it will continue to happen in perpetuity. Yeah, it's the gift that keeps on giving, right? Just by the very nature of how it's structured. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and, and Amr, you know, I love that example that you mentioned around the 14-year-old artist because another really beautiful part of this space is it's kind of democratizing giving. There's a 14-year-old who is really talented making this art and, you know, maybe traditionally creating physical auctions was a large barrier to entry for her to make this sweeping of an impact, but she's been able to take it online and really generate an ecosystem around it. Like you mentioned, over 200 or about 250,000 to charity. That's that's really incredible and unique. Yeah, I mean, like kind of building on that, the the entire cryptocurrency 
community, the, the, you know, the, the Web3 community has giving baked into their ethos. I mean, they're the ones who are rolling out these royalty fees. On top of that, these are the ones who are really focused on climate change, for example. You know, ever since these these currencies that have been rolled out, they're so fixated on the kilowatt you know amount per transaction, just as, a, as an example, where they want to make sure that they're not only offsetting, but they're removing the carbon emissions just for their cryptocurrency transactions. I mean, this is just a whole new shift of thinking for people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a really good point. Um, unlike some other things that we often run into where the the donation or the charitable aspect of it is bolted on after the fact. In a lot of cases, uh, the, the giving component was part of the concept and part of how it works from the very beginning, right? Yeah, yeah. exactly. So where do we go from here? <laughs> what, you know, if, I, if I'm a charity, I'm a decision maker, and I'm thinking about, well, what, what, what should I do next? Or how do I learn more about this? Or what's likely to happen in 2022? What's some guidance that you could give them? I, you know, I, I think one of the biggest things that is going to continue is, is the increase in online giving, you know, either via e-com- e-commerce or even cryptocurrency. Uh, it, that, that stat that I mentioned earlier, we're still only at 13% of the total amount donated is online. And, you know, that's going to continue to increase. Nonprofits, you know, one of, the, one of the big advice that I would have for them is just going to where, you know, these donors are. They're seeing increased traction from these NFT collections, from, you know, from brands who are looking to partner with them. By concentrating more efforts there, they're going to get a bigger, you know, bigger return on, on their time. There's more people mm-hmm. who are willing to give. It's a, as we just kind of talked about this win-win-win scenario. These consumers want it in their daily routine, and the way that they can unlock these larger donations and being embedded is by going to the cryptocurrency community, is by going to brands and saying, hey, you know, you should add roundups. And you know, not to just kind of plug change here, but that, that's kind of the goal with our technology, where we want to make it easy for a nonprofit to say, hey, to turn on roundups, use change, it'll take you five minutes, and now we have another stream of giving. Yeah, that's a great point. And, and- Sonia, I'm curious, you know, there are oftentimes, you know, staff members, team members in a nonprofit who really understand this, but have a hard time or a challenge of convincing leaders who don't understand this to to buy in or to uh, be willing to experiment in in doing some of these things. What advice would you give those staffers who who get this and believe that this is an opportunity um, what can they use in terms of information, education mm-hmm. to, to convince leaders of, hey, this is something that we could uh, make a small bet on or that we could uh, try out uh, to see what type of results we might be able to get? Yeah, yeah, it's a great question. I mean, so in general, you know, when approaching leaders, I think the premise of what we're talking about here is that we should be building for the next generation and where the next generation will be. And I think everyone now, you know, before folks were writing checks. And now I think every leader at a nonprofit would say, of course, we need an online portal for someone to be able to, you know, type in their credit card. But that was something that even a decade ago might have been a conversation. And we're at another inflection point where there is a booming industry when it comes to cryptocurrency, when it comes to NFTs, when it comes to contextual giving in games and e-commerce. And 
this is where the next generation will be giving. And so, you know, it is an innovation, but nonprofits should be innovating alongside the rest of the industry. And so with regards to entering it and, you know, de-risking it, that's what the most important thing is here. So when entering like crypto, let's say, you have to have a wallet to accept cryptocurrency. And to be honest, that is a little bit of a tech lift because you have to manage your security keys and you want to really make sure that that isn't leaked. And so you have to maybe implement measures. And that's the beauty of third-party services. Umar said, you know, change is one of them. There's other folks in the space as well. That's a really easy way for nonprofits to go ahead and say, we want to accept cryptocurrency, but I'm not going to set up any of our own tech infrastructure. I'm just going to go to one of these partners, set up a checkout form. It's really easy. It's hosted on a website. And now, you know what? They'll go ahead and even automatically convert it to USD for us. So for the nonprofit, you unlock a whole new revenue channel, but you're not actually really investing anything in the tech. And maybe with time, when you see it's proving out, you can go ahead and hire folks and maybe reinvest into that space. As far as just resources go, you know, Change has a blog. We love talking about this and sharing this. Um, we also are always reading on the tokenist and you know other just publications that really like to talk about charitable giving. But I think the best thing you could do is go to some of these big communities in the space. So we talked about Board Ape Yacht Club, for, an in for instance. There's also another group called Art Blocks. They give a lot. And the way that they give, the way they talk about it every day is really novel and interesting. And it's even just as easy as hopping on their Twitter and scrolling and saying, oh, okay, wow, you know what? The mission is baked into everything they do. And I think with just that, some of these leaders will be able to understand there is a whole new revolution of giving happening, and they might want to be a part of it. Yeah, that's great. Amar, what's a good way for listeners to learn more about some of the things that you're doing at Change? You know, um, as Sonia mentioned, we, we, we do have some blog posts where, you know, it's, a, it's an easy way to just kind of get, get up to speed. But for anyone who's out there and wants to work with change, we have publicly facing documentation. So, you know, you can see exactly how to launch a cryptocurrency fundraiser, you know, with a Coinbase checkout. We also have a wallets page. So um, if you go to getchange.io slash wallets, you can even donate direct cryptocurrency directly to a nonprofit via that page. You can see how you can bake nonprofit royalty into your NFT. Uh, you know, we, we have a lot of tools like that on our website to help you get started. Yeah. And, you know, if you do want to talk to us directly, you can reach out to Sonia at GetChange.io, Umar at GetChange.io, DM us on Twitter. We're very, very open to having conversations always. Great. Uh, really appreciate both of you joining us on the show today. I learned a bunch and uh, hopefully uh, our listeners did, too. And we'll, we'll have you back on a future episode when the next innovation happens in the online giving space. That sounds great. We're really looking forward to it. Thanks so much. That's it for this episode of the SG Engage podcast. This episode is brought to you by the letters N, F, and T. Thanks for listening.